0: This podcast is sponsored by Fortunefavors.ie. Fortunefavors.ie is a home workout equipment store and your one-stop shop for all home gym equipment. They are well known for their adjustable dumbbells, which combine 15 different weights in one dumbbell. They have both 24kg and 40kg adjustable dumbbells. Check the link in the bio of this episode for more information. Hello and you're all very welcome along to another episode of the GA Statsman Podcast. And I hope you all keeping wonderfully well. My name is Matt Hurley. And in today's show I welcome on TG Carter Ladies Football Analyst and former Watford legend... Michelle Ryan. Now Michelle is a legend of the ladies' football game, playing multiple years for the Watford Seniors. She's equally a brilliant analyst at Gigi Carr, I'd recommend you watch their coverage over the weekend. And speaking of coverage over the weekend, there's two huge games on Saturday, with Bede facing Kerry at 5 o'clock, and Cork facing the All-Ireland Champions Dublin at 7.30. I'd really recommend you watch those games. So in this episode, me and Michelle preview those two games and see where those games could be won or lost on Saturday. Don't forget to give this episode a rating on Apple Podcasts and I hope you enjoyed the discussion. So I'm here with TG Carr, Ladies Football Analyst, Michelle Ryan, also former Watford LGFA player herself. And she's here to talk about the Division 1 and Division 2 finals this weekend and a bit about how Ladies Football has developed over the years. I suppose, Michelle, League Finals, we're finally got to them. Cork, Dublin on Saturday as well as Beach, Kerry, of course, in Division 2. How are you feeling uh, coming up towards them? They should be very good games in general.
1: Oh, I think they will be very good games, to be honest. Um, and I think everybody is relishing the thought of seeing another Cork and Dublin um, match so soon after that, I suppose, epic battle a few weeks ago. And I think that's the joy that has been the league this year is that Because it is such a condensed format and because it really is, I suppose, providing the ultimate training ground leading into championship with very little time in between the two that teams are really going first when they're out there on the pitch. Um, It has shown as well that it's very much more of an attacking game that is being focused on or maybe just the time hasn't been there for teams to focus as much on defence as they would like, and we've seen that in the the amount of scores right across all the games in all the divisions. Um, and I think the amount of goals that's being scored in the last number of weeks is 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 incredible. Um, and as I said, that that's probably down to two things: teams going first, but also maybe not as much work. Being available to to for teams to work time for for available for teams to work on defence, but look, I think that both games on Saturday are going to be very good and tight battles. It'll be a question mark as to whether the Dublin Cork match will live up to the 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 battle that we saw a few weeks ago. Again, with with Kerry and Meath, I think that's going to be very intriguing as well because. You have Meath, who are, I suppose, a huge amount of momentum coming into this weekend, and they've been using every, I suppose, big competition now as a step of progress, and they've been achieving that coming from Division 3 to Division 2, intermediate to senior in the last number of months, and then as this is another stepping stone for them. You have Kerry, who I suppose were really hungry to come back into Division 1 last year. Unfortunately, the league was cut short for them and for everybody else. So, they've been chomping at the bit there now and holding on for that 12 months in the hope that they can progress back up to Division One. So, it'll be interesting to see um, those two teams in action against each other. And I know I know, Kerry had the upper hand when they met a month ago, but like a lot has happened even in the last four weeks. So, that's what's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Two very good games to look forward to. And I suppose the league overall has been some shock results. All right. Uh, you see Watford, your own county survive in, um, at the end, you know, beating Tipperary. Tipperary ending up going down to Division 2, despite having a decent enough season last season. Armagh, semi-finalists last year, didn't get up to Division 1. They're staying in Division 2, which I found quite surprising myself, I suppose. Who's been the shock team throughout Division 1 and Division 2, Ev, in your opinion?
1: Um, I, I, I don't know if there's been any major shocks, if I'm honest. I suppose the disappointment has been from a Tipperary perspective, is that, you know, that they didn't show as well as they would have liked. And I think even from ourselves, from Watford, um, we would be happy with a lot of the aspects of performances against some of the the, the two top teams, really, Cork and Dublin. And normally the games against Tipperary are extremely competitive and there's a nice bit of rivalry between the two always. Um, But that didn't really kind of materialise this year and... I think Dublin or uh, Watford found it uh, quite easy to to post scores against Tipperary to, and as other teams did as well. And I know they've been missing a few players who are either injured in Australia or not back from Australia. They had their captain from last year retire as well. Obviously, they sustained some serious injuries then also against Dublin in Tirlus that night. Um, Ashley Maloney among them. But look, I think it has been probably surprising that you know, that they've had such a tough start to the year. That's probably been the, the surprising thing to me um, and a disappointing thing for them because it's a very difficult thing now to, like we talk about the condensed season and while it, while it has huge benefits and it's really beneficial for us as supporters and spectators, that if, if things aren't going well for you, then it's it's not ideal going into, straight into, I suppose, championship scenario in, in a few weeks' time. So that's that's been a tough one. Um, what has, well, I suppose if you're asking about surprises, uh, pe- I like some people would have maybe tipped Mayo and Galway to come out of the other side of, of the Division 1 at the time. I personally wasn't one bit surprised to see Donegal in a semi-final. Um, and I, I, I don't think that's that's them done. I think that, you know, they, in fairness, they put up a stiff competition to Cork. I thought Cork put in one of their best performances. I've seen them playing in a very long time in that semi-final against Donegal. And I think Donegal will have taken a lot from that match. And I think it shows that both, I suppose, the managers and the players are really, you know, whether or not Silverware comes at the end of this league competition isn't really the focus. Um, You know, I think there's a lot more to be seen of Donegal in in the championship stages um and i think you know maybe some of the surprise as well has been some of the the players that have been coming through we've seen some new names come through in a huge number of high um high profile sides players that maybe were only starting out last year or who are very new to the setup this year and we're seeing a lot of turnover of players and managers getting as much use out of their their panels and discovering I suppose the best positions and making sure that it's a unified uh, collective effort in the sense that you know momentum doesn't drop and there's been I suppose surprises that people haven't featured in certain panels so far and we haven't seen some high profile names um, even among those yet and whether or not we're going to see them but look as, as all in all, I don't think there's been any major surprises results-wise. I think, you know, the top two teams that have been there in the last season are there in the league final and they merit being
0: there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's a surprise about Tipperary, all right, but losing Ashley Maloney, that was a huge loss to them in that game. But I suppose it, that's a general good point, actually, because it's happening in mains a lot as well. You see John Small and Michael Murphy go through injuries and then you see Ashley Maloney, one of the, top ladies footballers over the last few years go off injured. Do you think it's kind of straining on players playing um, games, you know, week on week, nonstop in many ways throughout the summer?
1: It is. um, It definitely is. And I think as well, when you factor in that, it was, I suppose, the the run-in and the lead-in training time wasn't... um, As long as it normally would be, it wasn't as spread out regards to, I suppose, recovery time. And there was probably a lot trying to be put into those few weeks as well um, when they were allowed to train as a collective group. Um, No doubt everybody was putting in their own individual efforts over the last few months and over the last winter and so on from the time the championship finished last year. But you can train very hard on your own. And, you know, you you realize this when you're retired, you know, you can train as much as you want on your own. But when you when you go out onto a pitch scenario, it's it's very, very different. And it becomes that bit more intense um, and you're constantly trying to match the people around you as well. So you end up pushing yourself a lot more than you would do when you're out by yourself. So I think a combination of, you know, that sudden change from the individual training programs, into the collective and then maybe trying your, your, I mean, your body is definitely going to be under strain. And, you know, like as to whether or not there is time there for adequate recovery is another question then as well on top of that. And that, I suppose, just puts the emphasis on having the depth in the panels and some managers in the ladies game are probably a little bit more spoilt in the resources that they have available to them in the regards personnel and, and so on. That you know, they just have that little bit more available to them and on the panel. They maybe have extended panels and so on. Not every county has that in ladies football. Um, And I think that a combination of those factors has led to and you would see that even in the men's game and the ladies game for it's primarily been the likes of hamstring injuries and strains and things like that so that's that's showing the overexertion that is taking place you know and as I said when it comes to going full pace in a match situation you just don't think of it you do it and you, you kind of reap the consequences afterwards. So, look, I think as well as that, players and managers have been very cautious that anybody who is showing any sign of injury or any sign of a strain, that you will see that they've been replaced pretty pretty swiftly um, because the eye is on the championship. Now, fortunately a lot of those injuries you know, are clearing up. Unfortunately, some some we don't know whether how serious they are. You've mentioned Astrid Maloney there. We don't know how serious her injury is, but she's not the only person to have gotten injured also over the last number of weeks. But as I said, I think some managers and some teams just have a bit more personnel available to them to replace those gaps.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting topic throughout both men and women's games, and I suppose in club as well. I'm involved with a club under Statsman there, and there's a few injuries even happening in the first few weeks, and it's very hard, you know, playing week week in, week out, especially for Intercounty, you know, traveling in cars and everything as well. is It's very tricky for all the Intercounty players. And I suppose it is brilliant to watch, but I suppose we do have to be more empathetic towards, you know, the people that are playing our games, you know, week in, week out. But I suppose we'll move on to, you know, the games at the weekend, the Division 2 final, considering that's going to be forced up between me then Kerry it's, Going to be an interesting game. Me be- carrier are obviously senior in the championship. Me they're moving up to senior this year after winning last year against West and in Crow Park. Vicky Wall was outstanding in that game. How do you see this one panning out on Saturday?
1: Um, this I, this is what when I really can't wait to see because, like I said earlier, it's it really is going to be, I suppose, a measuring stick for the likes of Mead um, as to the steps and the progression that that they're 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 trying to achieve over the last while. Um and for Kerry they're really trying to I suppose avenge that relegation two years ago and trying to come back up. Um and I think if you look back over their campaigns, I mean I know they met each other like I said four weeks ago and Kerry won on a scoreline of three ten to one ten. But like a lot has happened between them, a lot of games have taken place between them, and I think if you look over the the period of games, while there were some games that both of them kind of came through relatively easily. I think Kerry might be a little bit more battle-hardened coming into the game on Saturday because they had a very tough semi-final against Monaghan. Um, that actually, for the first time in my memory, and I could be wrong here now, I, I haven't seen a top game go to extra time and kicks at the end of a game. And, and, and I know that rule has been there for a while. And we always read as that if, if, if you're a, a level at the end of extra time, it'll go to, to place ball kicks. I haven't seen it and it happened last week and I'd say it was very exciting stuff for both teams. Well, maybe not exciting for the teams, but for those watching, it was exciting for probably 10 stuff for the two teams. But um and Kerry came out on top of that with, with a kick at the end and you know, Monaghan, I suppose, have had their own story in that they 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 almost faced relegation a few years ago and have come back a, lot, a little bit teaker and a little bit tougher as well. So it would have been a very tough battle for Kerry going into this. And that's great preparation going into a final. Mies came over Cavan relatively easily. And they scored, I think it was 13 points to eight. So they didn't have the same level of, I suppose, competitive um, game that, that Kerry would have had. So... I as to whether that's going to be a factor. That's what's going to be interesting. But look, like you mentioned, there are some key players on both sides. Um, for Kerry, you will always have the likes of Louise Murhertig, and what's interesting enough is a girl called Shefro Shea who is really coming into her own in the last twelve months in the Kerry forward line as well. And that combination has it proved itself to be very, I suppose, uh, lethal even in the championship last year, and they really posed... Cork problems in the first game Back last last um, last November So they have some Really top score getters In that side, but like you mentioned So do me, then Vicky Wall stands out From the All-Ireland Final last year, she's been a leader In that team um, with the last number Of years, but also when you take in The likes of Stacey Grimes as well You have Mauro O'Shaughnessy midfield as well um, And look, you can't Beat winning, and it does build Its own type of momentum, and Like that if they can bring that momentum that they've brought from coming to Division 3 up into back from the intermediate into senior and they've been coast, they I wouldn't say they've been coasting, but they've been getting through their games in the league relatively convincingly that, you know, there's there's no reason why they can't pose a very, very stiff challenge to Kerry on Saturday.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Stephen, no, I recall that Kerry-Cork game, like I thought Cork wouldn't actually easily enough, you know, with the young players coming through. But in fairness to Kerry, they actually really put it up to Cork and they're a good side for a reason on that. And you look at Meade, they were impressive last year against Westmead and they should do well in senior as well. It should be a very good game overall. But is you've talked about Vicky Wall, Shear for O'Shea, for Kerry. Is there any player other than them kind of players that will kind of stand out on Saturday, will come out of the blocks and surprise everyone?
1: Um, as to whether they, well, if they, I don't know, to be honest, whether they surprise anyone, but like, I think with the likes of, of Kerry, they are going to be, have to look to, to those leaders because they've had a bit of a setback or two over the last number of years. So the likes of Louise Murray the likes of Anna Galvin, the likes of Ashling Desmond, those leaders are going to be key for them because the experience in a big final, and don't forget it is in Crow Park as well. And I know sometimes there can be a tendency to, to maybe, Put too much of an emphasis on playing in Crow but it is it, like ladies footballers you know it is a big deal to be playing in Crow Park in the biggest stadium as well and not every team gets to play there as often as others so I think that the key experience that comes from those types of players is going to be central now with that said Mead played there last December do you know what I mean and they lost an intermediate final there as well um, I've been really impressed over the last year and a year and a bit with um, Emma Duggan who plays for Mead as well. She takes the free. She's been playing centre forward and she was very unlucky not to be one of, she was definitely in contention for player of the match in the Intermediate Hall Ireland last year um, and for a number of games last year. And I think, you know, it, it it's going to come down to, I suppose, the experience in front of goal as well um, and who, who can really put it up to the other team and not let, I suppose, the occasion get to it themselves? And it'll be a real test as to whether me are, are on the real sense of progression from their from their wins over the last number of years. And I've no doubt that they're incredibly focused on that because having lost intermediate all year, there is nothing that focuses you more and drives you more than loss. And you learn more from defeats than anything else. And I can speak from my own experience as well that when you come up from intermediate your main aim is to be competitive your main aim is to to secure your status in there to show that you belong there and to be competitive and to make every little possible small gain that you can all of these small gains add up to big gains at the end of the day
0: yeah absolutely and mead would definitely want to prove a point starting on saturday against a senior side like kerry but it will be a tough game. It will be end-to-end. It will be very entertaining, I'm sure, with uh, high scoring and all that. It, you see the amount of goals in games gone by in this league campaign. But if you were forced to pick a winner in this game, who would you pick to win it on Saturday?
1: Um, a tough one, if I'm honest. But if, if you were really to push me to the pin of my collar, I think... That, as I said, I think Kerry might be a little bit more battle-hardened following their semi-final after um defeating Manahan in the circumstances that they did. And I think maybe the experience of them might show on the day. Now, uh, having said that, should they win it, I wouldn't expect it to be by very much. I really expect Mead to give them a stiff opposition in this game. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes down to the last five, ten minutes, if I'm honest.
0: Yeah, should be a very good game, all right, and definitely looking forward to it. But the next game, it's huge, and I'm a car myself, and really looking forward to this game. and Looking at the game at Parky Queeve, if it's anything good to go by that game with a lot of goals, Hannah Tyrrell performing very well, Saib Leary if, if it's anything to go by in that game, should be a cracker and, uh, at 7 30 at Crow Park on Saturday evening, shouldn't it?
1: Absolutely, it should be, and you know. These these two teams never fail to, I suppose, entertain, but also to show their class and their quality. Um, and look, while Cork were very disappointed in the All Ireland, we all know that last year, um, and enough analysis maybe has been done on that because this is a new season now, and they've shown in this season to you know that they've learned a lot and they've they've altered their style of play, if you ask me. And I know Efi has mentioned that himself as well. Um, I I really. I it was a joy to watch them play Donegal last week I thought their attacking football was outstanding I thought the pace that they had in their attack and their transfer from defence to attack was very very impressive and I think it's been something that was probably missing in their game leading up to to this year and it's something that they've really worked hard to bring into that to their game Um, now they they I suppose one thing that's also stood out for me is that even though they've been putting, posting wins in the league game, they've never been entirely happy with their performances. So their their standards are higher this year. They're looking for more from their players. They're looking for more from performances. Um, and and that that's been showing. And yes, there have definitely been things that they have to work on. I know that... I suppose you could say that they they dominated periods of the game against Donegal but yes at the same time went in very little very few points ahead I think it was two or three points ahead and they did allow Donegal to come back into games they they Water. I know they were down to 13 in the last um 15 minutes against Waterford but Waterford did come back into the game and pose tr- tr- uh, trouble for them so the question is about them putting a whole 60 minutes together I think and I think that's something that's on their mind as well but when they are in flight um, and when they are in, in great form on a pitch, they really are very dangerous. Um, and I think Dublin, as look, Dublin or Dublin, um, and that's a, that's a cliche in itself. But we all know the quality that they possess. We all know the level of football that they can play. Um, and also the range and amount of players that are available to them. When I was mentioning earlier about names that we hadn't even heard you know in the season so far I mean you think of the likes of Carla Rowe we do, who hasn't hasn't featured in the league as to whether or not she'd be, she'd be she'd be available in championship but like that's the thing about dublin does no matter who is on the panel, no matter who is not on the panel that there is never a drop in standards there is never you know a, a gap to be felt um or a space to be felt there and they while they they will go and get through a match and they will be very competitive and there will always come a time in a match when the level needs to be upped and it will be upped and they will go to that level and it's it's very few teams that can go up there with them. Cork have shown now that they can do it um, and they will be taking a huge amount of inspiration for that. And not only that, we have to remember that in that game a few weeks ago in Porky Cueve against Dublin, that if it hadn't been for some incredible saves by the Dublin goalie that evening, that that scoreline could have been very, very different. Um, so the Cork will have taken an awful lot of heart from that. They got in behind that Dublin defence. They created goal chances for themselves and it, it took some top class saves to keep those out. So, look, that's a, a huge amount of heart that Dublin, that sorry Cork can take from that. But Dublin will also know that and Dublin will also have worked on that. And look, homework will be done on each other. That's the way these things work. There's no doubt, but that Cork will have some kind of a plan for Hannah Tyrrell Um I as to whether they'll do something like put Eric O'Shea on her, who is a real runner herself and very athlete, um, very athletic and has really impressed over the last few months playing with seniors. Um, I mean, that, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. But I have no doubt that it's going to be a very entertaining and everybody's going to be watching it, considering the match that happened a few weeks ago.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it, it was an absolutely brilliant match to watch a few weeks ago. And even you mentioned. Cork getting all them goal chances. I think that's down to really the speed throughout the team. You even look at the two wing-backs, Eric O'Shea and Melissa Dugan. Jeez, there are a few brilliant uh, wing-backs for Cork. They're speedy, they'll defend, they'll attack, they'll do everything really. Hannah Looney for from midfield is excellent and even the forwards coming in. Saib I think, is one of the finds of the year, in my opinion. Unbelievable forwards in many ways. But look at all these young players coming through for Cork, do you think... And all Ireland is is over the hills for Cork. Is it going to be the next year or two or so? Or do you think Dublin are still going to dominate in the next few years?
1: Um I I really do think that Cork from what I've seen with them performance wise and how they developed in the last number of months, I I I don't think it's 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 not it's an unachievable goal at all. I, I have felt at times in the last, I suppose, two to three years that are we in the middle of a Dublin era, we'll say, Do you know, a, a Dublin golden time, the same way Cork would have had that golden time over the last, I suppose, for a period of 15 years or more there. Um, and, and that question has been there, but Cork have shown that they they can match them, but as to, as to whether they, the question is, whether they can match them for the entire 60 minutes. And the question is mainly whether they can do that in championship time, because, you know, this, Efi Fitzgerald has mentioned it himself. He mentioned it after the game last week against Donegal, or two weeks ago against Donegal, that Cork have won numerous league titles, and they've won four of the last five league titles, but they haven't won an All-Ireland in that time. And that's the focus. So this is, while it's not really about the silverware, it is about tweaking and performance so that you know the plans have been advanced since the last time they played in Porky and that they can be further advanced from, from this Saturday on. Um but like I you mentioned some players there and I think they've been absolute fines for Cork. Saivo Leary. Who would have been known, I suppose, for coming on as a sub every now and again, and you know, getting a few scores here and there, has transformed in in this current season. Um, Eric O'Shea to me was a find last season and has maintained that and even improved again this year. Um, you're dead right; the half-back line is very, very competent, very, very dangerous, even when going on attack. And what also happened against the goal against Donny was they they moved Emma Spallan, who would normally play either wing or corner back, to wing forward. And she's also a runner. So it meant that, like I said, the transfer of defence into attack became that little bit more even fast, a little bit more efficient. And she was also well able to track back and cover back because they knew Donegal had a really dangerous scoring threat as well. So I'm liking those changes. And I think they're the kind of things that, that you need in a team if you are going to beat Dublin. And I hope that they bring that speed into that attack when it comes to facing Dublin this this weekend,
0: yeah, absolutely. Speed is the main thing, and the only way you beat a team is to run at them, have no fear. And Cork definitely have no fear of Dublin. But having said that, there is one. Well, all the Dublin players are brilliant in many ways, but there was one in particular, Parky Weave, Hannah Tyrrell, coming back from Irish Rugby. She was absolutely superb in many ways. And do you actually see her getting player of the player of the year this year? Because she started off so well, hasn't she?
1: She has started off incredibly well and I know she won an award there during the week actually from the Ladies Football Association as well, I think it was Player of the Month Um, and thoroughly deserved. I mean, she's been a joy to watch and what a find um, for Dublin this year and she is such a natural athlete anyway she had a footballing background anyway she played believe it or not in goals for a large portion of her underage time in, in in Dublin um and went on to play rugby she got the opportunity to go play rugby and has come back and she has been an incredible addition to them and like I mentioned like having this depth of players available to you I mean like Noel Healy retired uh, after after the the season last year, and you're, you when an, an all star uh, with numerous all stars retires, t- one of the top scorers, one of the engines on the team retires, you would expect on any team for that to leave a gap and for that to leave a hole that you know would be quite difficult to fill. Dublin haven't had that problem, you know they really haven't. There's always someone to step in, and then you have the likes of Hannah Tyrrell come into that team, and add to it even further again. She's a very talented player. She's incredible, um, incredibly competent at taking her own scores. Not only that, she's also a free taker, which relieves a lot of the pressure. I mean, there's never, you know, they have numerous options for even for even that on their panel. Um, now she's top scorer in the Division One league as 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 of coming into this match. Um, but there's no doubting that Cork will have some kind of a plan for that. Do you know what I mean? Like they're they're going to have. Some someone probably earmarked to follow her, um, I would imagine. Um, when they played Tipperary that first day, everyone was talking about the threat that Ashley Maloney was going to pose. And they actually they, you know, they coped very well with that threat by pushing Erica O'Shea on her at that time. And, you know, Eric O'Shea plays a very running game and you know, she attacks herself. So it's it's not a case of just, you know, a defender following you and marking you you've got to watch her as well which which makes her even doubly dangerous you know so i have no doubt that hannah tyrrell is going to be earmarked but at the end the end of the day that's the thing about dublin there there's going to be a threat come from two or three other sources as well and it's it's not just their scoring threat i think as well as that what dublin probably have a little bit more so than every other team is their physicality and their physicality in a tackle. And that's why I think speed is important in any team that plays against them. Because if you go into a tackle with Dublin, you know, it's very hard to, to maintain possession of the ball. And when you cough that up, they're going to punish it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You even see that some stages in the Cork game, their tackling is absolutely brilliant. But as you say, Eric O'Shea went to nashi Maloney did a very good job on her against the you would have to imagine she'd go on Hannah Tier for this game now, but you never know. Maybe Dogan will go on or Well, whoever goes on her, it's, go- it's still going to be a tough ask. Like Hannah Theroux is an unbelievable player, but if we have to ask for a prediction, it's going to be a very tough game, hopefully, very entertaining on Saturday night. Who do you see coming out on top?
1: Um, I'd love to say a draw to be honest <laughs> but I think it goes to extra time as well so um, I at a, at a push I suppose look like I said your head probably goes with the All-Ireland Champions and the winners of the last game in Dublin um, and at a push I probably would say them but I don't say it convincingly either because I think teams will go for this, but I don't think it's going to be the be all and end all either. So whatever team even comes out on top here, I don't think there's anything going to be hugely read into it um, because two weeks later you're in championship and both teams seem to be, and from their management talking in post and pre-match interviews, they're very much conscious of that. From the amount of changes they're even making from the subs bench onto the pitch in each single game, they're very, very conscious of that. So look, I'm going. I'm going to say Dublin, um, but I wouldn't like I said. I'm not even convincing myself that that's going to be definitely the case. But I think I'm just I'm basing that on, I suppose, the reputation that they have, the wins and the the performances that they've had over a full sixty mirror period period of times uh, in this national league. So that's what I'll base it
0: on. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Cork could win it. My heart obviously says Cork could win this game, but look Dublin are just in unbelievable outfit but I suppose championship would be what matters and this will probably be uh, a brilliant curtain raiser for the championship season ahead but I suppose just a few other questions as well like you you know fans are coming back into the stadium on Saturday night that would be absolutely huge you see it with the Kewoke and Sunday Derry Offaly last Saturday more fans are coming in on Saturday night to watch the two games like it's absolutely brilliant just to see fans in the stadium after such a long time, isn't it? It's
1: just brilliant. Um, and, we had our first experience of it when we were doing the Cork and Donegal match there two weeks ago that there were a very small amount of fans allowed in. And even if I'm honest, for the first few minutes, it was a bit strange because we become so used to, you know, being able to hear every single thing that was on, happening on the pitch from the players talking to the management talking and so on. Uh, and we just adapted to that. And then to hear other voices and cheers, it was, it was strange, but absolutely brilliant. And I think you know, it's it's great that not only do you know does the atmosphere and you know as spectators that we get to enjoy that atmosphere as well, but for the players themselves to have, you know, that support as well it is massive. And like whether it's from their their own family members or friends or whatever it is, I mean. You know, at the end of the day, they're the part of people that you go to straight after a match and you talk to straight after a match. And for them to be able to be there and share those moments and give you that piece of advice or to praise you or to say well done or console you or whatever it is, I think it's huge. And I think we've got, we've really come to appreciate that over the last 12 months. Um, it's no no more than, than the players deserve, especially when you consider the work and effort they've been putting in over the last 12 months when, you know, a lot of people, you know, haven't haven't been able to to do certain things and have been putting themselves, they've put themselves out there and on the line to, to do this and they enjoy it and they love it. And it's, it's I think we've all great, great, had to realise how much of an appreciation we have for sports as well. And we'll never take these things for granted. So it's going to be great to see the crowd there, to hear the crowd there. And I hope it transfers to the people who don't get to go and watching at home, you know, that that, you know, people are happy to be back watching those games and that, you know, the players and mentors and all that are glad of the support as well. I've no doubt that they will be.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's just brilliant to see fans back in stadiums. It's long overdue when you look at it. Like, the last time there was fans in the stadium, I think fully in the stadium anyway, it was I think it was March 2020, a long, long time ago. And even you look even at the Euros, like you even Lucas. I think Budapest is allowing full capacity. Hopefully that'll be the case going down the summer, but you never know with uh, the pandemic the way it is in Ireland. But I suppose LGFA in general, it's since you've played since the start of your career, you're obviously a Watford legend yourself. And seeing how the game's developed since you started playing to now, you have Car playing at Parky Creeve, Dublin playing in Crow Park sometimes as well you get the backing from Little, TG Carr doing an amazing job promoting the game like what's been the biggest difference from when you started playing to now um, in many ways
1: um it's it, it's a huge difference if i'm honest um i first joined the Watford panel in 2001 and um i suppose TG Carr were only just after starting out their partnership with ladies football then and I think they have been instrumental in the promotion and development of it because with them, and I said this before, it's never a ticking the box exercise to them to, to be shown ladies football and to be showing women's sports. They they, they really push it out every year and they cover more and more. And, you know, this year is no exception. They covered more league games than they would have previously. They Not only that, when you think, consider that the ladies footballers who travel to Australia to play AFL and they covering the AFL games as well. A huge promotion for that also. I think that they have brought an incredible awareness um, within the Irish population of the talents that is out there in ladies football. And I think there it's no... It's no coincidence that people, you know, with all the campaigns that have happened in the last number of years, that people are more aware and have a deeper respect because they have been that bit more visible. Um, And, you know, and rightly so. Um, Like, with regards to the time when I was playing, when I started out, it was very, very different, I won't lie. Um, But it's great to see the advancements that have come on not only in the promotional sense which is massive and there are still ways to go in that I, there I don't think we're, we're we've reached any kind of end product or end destination with that as well there are still ways to go with that but even from the recent announcements from the GPA WGPA regards to finance um and the government um, that has been massive from I mean I remember playing county football and it wasn't that long ago that I you know we were bringing money to training um whether it was 2 euro to cover certain costs or t- um but you did these things because they made certain resources available to you and you weren't going to give up on those resources um and you know whether it was providing your own recovery meals or you know bringing everyone bringing something to training so that there was food there like kind of like a pick and mix selection after training or whatever it was that you know somebody everybody had contributed and brought something to training or you know, like, simple things like accommodation and staying overnight, and there being big decisions as to you know whether or not we were going to have the finances, even if we were playing a team up the north, did it merit staying overnight? Could that budget be used for a game that maybe might we would hope would transpire into a quarterfinal, semi-final stage, and those were the sacrifices and decisions that had to be made, um, because the resources just weren't always there available, you know, to us. And I, I, I think that you know. With regards to, to ladies' football, it has come on he, heaps and bounds. And every every ladies' football team all over the country has huge is hugely indebted to the long-term sponsors that they would have had in their camp. I mean us more so here in Watford. Um I've had the same sponsor for over for over 20 years and um in Al Alastud and you know he would have stayed with us even in I suppose what we call the, the barren years and the years where it wasn't so good between you know, two thousand and one and two thousand and eight when we were relegated back down to intermediate. And you know, it's it's it, it's difficult. It's it's very very difficult. But thank God that things have changed in those sense that you know that there is financial backing and people are more willing to be backing ladies footballers and ladies football teams. That you have, like you mentioned, this, the 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 little campaigns as well, and and their their backing of ladies football that has proved instrumental as well. Um, I mean, even their ad campaigns alone, you know, are talking points to a lot of people and they bring a lot of awareness to certain issues um, and quality of ladies football. But look, there, there's no doubt that there's been a significant shift in mentality towards girls in sports and women in sport, and all the better for it, because I suppose when I was starting out playing you do. You just became accustomed to to the way things were, and you didn't debate about it. You didn't complain about it. That's just the way it was. And you also kind of, I suppose, settled for the fact that your male counterparts were probably get going to be getting that little bit more attention, and probably going to be getting that little bit more, um, I suppose, support in a way. Um, even though you would have been one of their 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 biggest supporters of yourself, do you know what I mean? So. Um, I think there is an awareness shift that's after happening in the last five, six years where the ladies teams in each county are given just as much, if not more respect at times, you know, uh, and it's not about having it as a competition either. I don't like that, but it, it's about uh, recognizing the contribution of both, the sacrifices of both. And I think we've, we've finally gotten to a place where, where that is happening and that is massive. And now you find that, Nobody is, I suppose, either out of pocket or you know, is suffering or in any in any way, shape, or form for their decision to play county football. Um, because it is it's a major decision. It takes over your entire life, as any, any inter-county player will tell you. It it's the first thing you put into your calendar and everybody, everything else works in around that. So um I think there's been massive changes. Um but all for the better. And I think there's still plenty more that can happen and will are to come.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ladies football is a superb game and it's great. how It's developed over the past few years Like oh, You've even had uh, two guests of the podcast that are LGFA players and Ethan McCoy and especially Marie Choi. I thought was very interesting from Galway, played a bit of AFLW as well. And she was saying, you know, it's great having that at TG Carr as well, just to promote it even more. And, even my sisters going down playing ladies footballs uh, over the last few years as well. It's it's absolutely brilliant since you know you can play in the backyard with them and everybody plays. It's it's absolutely brilliant And that may continue because it's an absolutely brilliant game to watch as well. And hopefully there'll be good games now Saturday, Michelle. Uh, thank you for coming on and enjoy the games on Saturday. Thanks a million.
1: You're very very welcome.
0: Thanks to Michelle for coming on and chatting to me about the games on Saturday. And thank you for listening to me today. Thank you to Fortune Favors for sponsoring today's show. And until the next time, I'll see you then and take care.